Welcome to episode six of Jesus and the Meteorologist. My name is Kevin Kukaji and I'm your host. Our subject is discernment and our aim is to teach, to elevate your minds and to exalt your courage, to accelerate and animate your industry and activity, and to excite in you an ambition to excel in every capacity, faculty, and virtue. Our mission is to inspire young men and women and their parents to understand the present in order to prepare for the future, a task that necessarily demands a proper interpretation of the past. Our aim is to highlight the antithesis between the way of the Lord and the ways of the world, between the truth of Scripture and the opinions of men, so that we might reflect the light of life in a culture of death. As a reminder to our audience, if you have any questions about anything we discuss on this program, please send them here to me at questions at icebergsnotsnowflakes.com. That's questions at icebergsnotsnowflakes.com, just like it sounds. And for those who are new to the program, we selected this address to emphasize what distinguishes our students from the mainstream of culture. Our students possess a deep and impenetrable moral foundation. What appears above the surface is supported by an immovable integrity below the surface, like an iceberg. We do not suffer fools or snowflakes who melt and dissolve when you turn up the temperature. Our students, like icebergs, can withstand the withering heat of attacks against their positions, without losing the integrity of their condition or the courage of their convictions. I've oft repeated, snowflakes may sparkle when left undisturbed, but they are no match for the titanic challenges of reality. And this program is committed to confronting those titanic challenges of reality, not avoiding, hiding, or pretending those challenges do not exist, because pretending has consequences. After the break, we're going to ask our students to provide some examples of the consequences of pretending, but let me provide a little framework for that discussion. Now, when we say, we, when we say pretending has consequences, we do, we do not mean to suggest that children, for example, shouldn't pretend. Pretending is a normal and necessary part of the process of growing up and maturing. Children pretend to go to work, they pretend to get married, pretend to be great explorers, mothers, teachers, athletes scientists, political leaders, and the like. In my youth, I pretended I was a garbage man, a pilot, a football player, and a cool sunglass-wearing talent agent. My father told us when he was a boy that he got through the drudgery of compulsory school by pretending that he was going to work each morning. So I decided to try something similar. I went through a phase around seventh grade where I wore a gray fedora and carried a briefcase to school. Got lots of looks and funny comments, as you might imagine. But this kind of pretending, that is, emulating the ones we admire as preparation for becoming like or even surpassing the success of those who lived before us, is, of course, necessary and proper. But eventually, we must grow up and stop pretending. Indeed, the continuation of a culture or society requires that children proceed from pretending to be adults to actually being adults from pretending to be doctors, nurses, lawyers, and pilots, etc., to actually being one of those professionals. So pretending has limits, and we must be able to distinguish between a good kind of pretending and a not-so-good kind of pretending. In order to discern among the various pretensions of our day, this topic is going to require multiple episodes so that we might distinguish between the good consequences of a pretending as a means of learning and developing versus the bad consequences of pretending as a means of avoiding 
or believing one can change reality. When we return, I'm going to initiate the discussion by asking our students to give me some examples of the consequences of pretending before we narrow it down to focus on pretending and its relation to the failure of the self-help generation. You are listening to Jesus and the Meteorologists. There are citizens in Tennessee working to reclaim the practice of self-governance in our state and ensure that a constitutional, Republican form of government is preserved to future generations. We are Tennessee Stands. Do you want to get off the sidelines and learn how to stand for liberty in your community? Join us at TennesseeStands.org and on social media at Tennessee Stands. Welcome back to Jesus and the Meteorologists, a weekly squidget devoted to the topic of discernment. I am your host, Kevin Kukaji, and our student participants today in the studio are... Alex... Hogan. And Roger. So Alex, Hogan, and Roger, welcome back. Thank you for your continued support and uh, appearance in the studio with us. I say we get right on with it. We are now entering the... Offices of Hypothesis. And this week's hypothesis is... Pretending has consequences. And as I say again, pretending has consequences. First, true or false. Yes. Oh, it's true. True. <laughs> true. True. All right. So all of our panelists say true. Now I'm going to ask them to give me an example. We'll go in the reverse. Roger, why don't you give an example of what you mean by pretending has consequences? So if you if you pretended you were immortal and then stepped onto a battlefield wearing nothing but <laughs> well, wearing street clothes. <laughs> not, not going to the battlefield not, yeah. naked. But. Yeah, you don't go naked, but you just step <clears throat> on the battlefield in your, in your street clothes. Um, you're pretending that you are immortal and that you won't be hit by a flying bullet and die, but you're pretending will have consequences because if you are caught off guard by a flying piece of lead, you will find yourself dead. <laughs> dead, likely, dead. right? Yeah. Or at least uh, in the in hospital. hospital bed. Yeah. You are okay. wearing a cup though, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Steel cup. Yes, protect the family of the jewels. <laughs> if nothing else survives. <laughs> All right, Hogan. Um, my example would be more personal. It was um, when I was about seven, uh, I wanted to go to my first sleepover with one of my friends. And I wanted to so badly. And my mom, she was kind of iffy about it. And uh, she said, I don't want you to go, but I'll talk to your dad about it when he gets home. And all day I spent, you know, in my room just thinking, planning out these scenarios in my head about what we were going to do because I knew if I just wanted it badly enough that it would happen. And when my dad got home, he said no, and it just kind of was like hitting a brick wall because I had these scenarios planned out in my head. So the consequences, to make it clear, were more consequences to you of, of disillusionment, right? You had convinced yourself that your parents were going to say yes or that your dad was going to approve it. Um, and so it was personal disillusionment. Correct. All right. That's a good example, different example. So, Alex, what do you have to add to our equation? Well, I'd say that if I, for example, took your computer and I decided to throw it out a window, I could pretend that it wouldn't break and that I wouldn't get in trouble and be kicked off the podcast. But this is not true. <laughs> well, let me ask you a few questions for clarification. Okay. <clears throat> Because if you took my computer and threw it, did you say out the window? Uh, yes. 
the second story window. Okay. But what if there were a big load of pillows below that? It might not What break. if I purposefully avoided the pillows? Well, yes, then you would be in trouble. And you most definitely would not get invited back to the podcast. But why would you think of such a mean example? I don't know. I just kind of, I guess it's just in my nature. Aren't you a lifeguard? No, he's a splash pad attendant. <laughs> a splash pad attendant. <laughs> Alex, can you tell us the difference between a lifeguard and a splash pad attendant? <clears throat> I'm very interested in this. I'm sure. A splash pad attendant is not lifeguard certified. They're just people oh. off the street. Just and they get paid less. People off the street. Yes. Mm. And they don't make as much money. <clears throat> so it's the last time I'm swimming in the pool without a noodle. <laughs> well, or last time I'm going to a splash pad. Yeah. <clears throat> so well, it's Alex, mainly for kids, so Alex, would fit in perfect. What would the consequences be then of someone drowning or almost drowning at a splash pad, being that you're not certified to save them? They can't drown because there's no standing water. There is there any water? Yes. A person can water. drown in an inch of water. You can drown like choking in a bottle of water. I'll be entertaining to see. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dang. Mean. And he calls himself you a splash my, attendant. I know. And right? wants to throw my I literally out the shove window. kids down the tallest slide. <clears throat> Do you shove down computers <clears throat> after them? All right. Let's talk about some other consequences. Let me narrow the discussion for a moment. To we live in a in a in very much a help self help generation, right? The, a generation that has come to believe that we can find the answers to everything either within ourselves or at least within other created things, uh, other men, other institutions created by men, um, or anything other than God himself. All right, Hogan? All right. How about an example in our culture? Um, I would say an example would be, I saw a story this morning about the Air Force changing their requirements for the physical tests, whereas now where you used to have to run in a certain section, you can now walk it if you would like, and... Instead of doing push-ups, you can just sit in the push-up position and raise your arms alternating. So the pretension is that we can be as prepared militarily even though we lower the standards, right? Correct. What are the consequences, do you think? Um, we're not going to win another war. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's pretty clear, right? How could you possibly be as prepared? Alex, that reminds me. You brought an example in pre-production to the commercials, the Russian military commercial side-by-side uh, -side to the American military commercial. You want to talk about that for a second and, and tell us the consequences of that kind of tomfoolery? Well, basically, if you've seen anyone from the military react to those commercials, then they'll basically just say, here's this one. It's an animated little thing about a girl who grew up with two moms and all this politically correct stuff in it. And... She became a, you know, whatever. She joined the military and whatever. And so a lot of the military is not being targeted to the people who are best at being soldiers and the most physically prepared. It's being marketed to today's culture and people who have terrible morals and bad standings in general. And they don't fit the requirements of what we should have for soldiers Whereas the Russian military was very, to the point, we want dedicated people with, who are determined, who are in shape and good, who will be good soldiers. And if you see anyone from the military react to those videos, they basically just show them both and then say, yeah, we're screwed. America is screwed. Yeah. So 
the tools that are necessary to prepare one for war and the characteristics that you would expect of a soldier have been replaced with characteristics that more match um, what they're attempting to find in the streets of America, right? And whatever a person may think about the character of a person who's walking the streets of America, clearly it is not the same as a, as a soldier and should not be uh, mistaken or confused. And so the consequences are, again, what, Alex, of that kind of pretending? We're screwed. And we yeah, won't we're not win. going to win a war, yeah. right? Well, it's kind of like a splash pad attendant and a lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring it home, Hogan. So, so Roger, did you have a current example? Yes, I was going to say that would be like a that would be like a biological male pretending to be a woman. But the consequences of him pretending to be a woman are when he is that he can't conceive a child or carry a child, give birth to a child because he is a biological male and he does not have. He does not have the reproductive system to do that. Yeah, the irony is that the whole culture of transgender uh, being able to – the the belief that one can change the reality of his gender is rooted in the God-ordained heterosexual order because unless you have reproduction, which can only happen in one way, people won't exist. And if people don't exist, then they can't – profess the things that they believe that are false, Mm -hmm. right? So they live, and we'll talk about that on another episode. I call it Superman on a Couch, um, and I'll leave that for now. But we talk about how and expand upon the idea of how a child, it's easy for a child to pretend he's Superman in his parents' home and jumping off a couch and saying, I'm flying or pretending to fly. But that doesn't work if the child goes to the roof of the house with the same cape and jumps off. Um, or my father used to tell us about when he was little, one time he went up on the roof of their barn or the garage and uh, jumped off with an umbrella believing he could be Mary Poppins or something like that. Fortunately, he lived because I was born, um, <laughs> but his umbrella went in reverse, as you can just picture that collapsing inverse uh, and closed up. <clears throat> but I wanted to close this segment before we go to um, audience questions by providing an illustration of the consequences of pretending as it pertains to our current self-help generation. Uh, over my lifetime, and I'm 54 years old, the American culture has slipped further and further away from an admitted dependence on God, pretending that our problems can be solved by looking within ourselves or to other created things, mostly to men or institutions like government. This is sometimes referred to as the self-help generation, which is ironic because despite innumerable books and government programs devoted to helping ourselves, things do not appear to be getting better. Indeed, they seem to be getting much worse. The failure of the self-help generation stems from the fact that they have not been honest about our sinful condition. They pretend there is no sin or that sin is merely a violation of their own standards instead of a rebellion against the one who created them. And this pretension has consequences, even in some elements of the church, where grace, mercy, and salvation are offered without having first prepared the way and established the conditions for why such grace, mercy, and salvation are even needed. The accept yourself or learning to love yourself deception is a tool of the devil meant to prevent a person from even being aware of his sin or, having been made aware of his sin, is a false path, a false hope, or a false solution proposed by Satan to distract from or even deny the knowledge of sin in the hearts of all. 
If the devil cannot prevent knowledge of original sin, he will at least seek to mischaracterize it and to propose alternative means of dealing with it. Well, against this, we must proclaim that there is only one way, one truth, and one life, and that nobody comes to the Father unless the one the Father sent, that is, Christ Jesus, draws them according to the Father's eternal and unshakable plan. Like John the Baptist, John Calvin, and Jonathan Edwards, men whom I like to call the faithful Johns, we must awaken men and women to their, to their and our original sinful condition. Then, and only then, does the gospel have any meaning. When we return, we will take questions from our listeners. This is Jesus and the Meteorologists. So I wrote a little book all the way back in 2009 to address what was happening in America and what was likely to happen if we did not take corrective action. Unfortunately, too many of my predictions are coming true. The only surprise is the speed at which we have reached the precipice. The title of that little book is The Experts, and you can buy it on our webpage. Just go to JesusAndTheMeteorologist.com, click the image of the little brown book, and we'll send it to you for only $9.99. And then be sure to let me know what you think. Welcome back to Jesus and the Meteorologists. My name is Kevin Kukaji, and I am your host. Remember, if you have any questions from this week's program that you would like us to address in next week's episode, because obviously these are not live episodes, so I can't just like pick up the phone and say, hello, hello, do you have a question? Please submit your questions to questions at icebergsnotsnowflakes.com. For those who are having trouble spelling, it's I-C-E-B-E-R-G-S-N-O-T-S-N-O-W. F-L-A-K-E-S dot com. And I will do my best to respond on a future episode. Okay, so here's our question. I'll combine the two questions into one. The question from a listener is, can you elaborate more on how turning within yourself for answers has consequences? And it kind of ties to the next question, so I'll take them together. And how do we distinguish between listening to the Holy Spirit within us and relying on our limited knowledge? Now, before I give my answer, I'm going to ask my students here, because these students have taken my classes, I'm going to put them on the spot. If someone asks you how to distinguish between listening to the Holy Spirit within us and relying upon our limited knowledge, how would you answer that? And we'll call this an all play. I would say compare it to Scripture. Yeah, I was going to say turn to Scripture. All right. Very good starting point. Turn to Scripture, right? That becomes your standard. Everyone gives privileged uh, priority to certain beliefs, and as Christians, we give our privileged priority to the Scriptures. So, in those Scriptures, we know where knowledge comes from, right? What does Proverbs 1, 7 say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Right. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, we know that's where it begins. How else do we discern because this is a program about discerning, where else in Scripture does it tell us how to discern the difference between the Holy Spirit and what might perhaps be our own ideas, our own inclinations? How about, how about a hint from Romans 12, too? Do without, not conform. Good. I was going to say, without <laughs> looking in your Bible, it was good. Yeah, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
<clears throat> then then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah, I think it's a great start. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, right? To the thinking of this world, to the premise of the world, right? The, the thinking of the world puts its premise on that man is autonomous, that man is the measuring stick, right? Or the standard. Um, in Romans, Paul says very clearly, do not conform any longer to these patterns, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, right? Mm-hmm. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. <clears throat> Why? Well, it's God who wills in you, right? It's, it's what's uh, Philippians 2.13 say, for it is God who, who works, works in, in you, you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Um, Ephesians 2.10 for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I think these are good benchmark um, scriptures to use as a basis for further study, but to help us distinguish between the Holy Spirit um, and our own inclinations. And again, your very first answer, it provides a great moral uh, fabric and foundation for that discussion, because if your thoughts are consistent with scripture, you're probably along going along, along the right road. Mm -hmm. um, to the extent they're not, um, it's us, right? We're the ones that need to change, not Scripture. We don't need to... <clears throat> modern times will tell us, well, the Bible, I don't agree with the Bible on that point, right? Because the Bible makes me uncomfortable there. Well, it's no. Uh, if, if God is the standard of all things, and if God created everything, and everything is held together by the counsel of God's will, then we must be the ones that are out of sync, right, with the truth, and with what God wants for us. Trigger warning. Good question. I'm going to give that question a penguin's goal horn. Also because I just love the penguin's goal horn. Of course you do. Yes. I prefer the predator's goal horn. No, the penguin's Wait, wait, bad. wait. Speaking of pretending then, <clears throat> I wasn't going to bring it up, Hogan, but you brought Here up the go. predators. <clears throat> <sighs> pretending that the predators are a great hockey team also oh, has consequences. Oh, don't go there. <laughs> Do not go there. No. Because you can be disillusioned or, or year after year after year. What Predators have been allowed... So the Penguins won their first Stanley Cup in their 25th year. So Predators have, what, four more years until they're 25? So if you can do it in four more years, I will... Um, Stay off my back. I will apologize and... and um, temper my comments about the predators i just i just so wanted to do that the audience doesn't know that i'm holding up my one of my favorite pucks again with the penguins and the predators from last year's victory we can just talk alabama that would be much more yes <clears throat> you see what about you could talk State, out, yeah you, huh? could, you could you could say how bad <laughs> penn state is, is and and i couldn't disagree nope. all right it's not the penn state of my youth ladies and gentlemen that's all the time we have today thanks again to our icebergs our producer rachel and to all of our listeners and supporters in the never-ending battle for hearts and minds, we aim to find and develop young men and women who, like the men of Issachar, understand the times and who know what to do. And how can we know what we're to do unless we believe what is true? My name is Kevin Kukaji, and you have been listening to Jesus and the Meteorologists. <laughs>